To everything there is a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. Join me as we dive into the history behind some of the most beloved songs for every season. Seasons of celebration, seasons of gratitude, and seasons of anticipation, and more. In each episode, I'll explain the history of a well-known song and then perform some of it for you, copyright willing. My name is Michael D. Young, and today I'm going to talk about the Star-Spangled Banner. It's a song played in many a sports arena across the United States, and the theme song of the 4th of July. But then again, there's no shortage of songs that talk about American patriotism. The Star-Spangled Banner is certainly not the only song that was suggested as our national anthem over the years. So how did it obtain top billing? It's a story that starts a long time ago, shortly after the United States won its independence. During the Revolutionary War, the fledgling nation did not have a national anthem, and Francis Scott Key, an American lawyer, did not write the words to the Star-Spangled Banner until the nation's next armed conflict, the War of 1812. One of Key's friends had been arrested and imprisoned on a British ship in the Chesapeake Bay near Boston. He boarded the ship in hopes of securing his friend's release. And though he succeeded in getting his friend's freedom, they both now had overheard the British ship's plans for attacking a fort near Baltimore. The Americans were allowed to return to their own ship, but the British guarded them so that they could not get back to warn the others. He and his friends watched in the distance as the British bombed Fort McHenry on September 13th. The British bombarded the fort for over 25 hours, and Key watched to see if the fort was going to fall, which would be indicated by the lowering of the American flag from the fort and the raising of the British flag. He wrote of the attack, It seemed as though Mother Earth had opened and was vomiting shot and shell in a sheet of fire and brimstone. He watched through the night, and by the dawn's early light, Key saw that the American flag was still flying over the fort. He was so inspired by the sight that he wrote a poem called Defense of Fort McHenry, which was then printed in a local newspaper a few weeks later, and then in many other papers after that, making it famous all over the country. He had written it using the tune of a popular English drinking song, to which tune it's still sung today. The same flag that flew over the fort still survives today and is often displayed at the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. It is a huge banner, 30 feet by 34 feet, which is why it could be seen from miles away. It was made that way on purpose. The American commanding the fort... Major George Armistead knew that the fort probably would be attacked by the British, and he commissioned a huge flag for the occasion. He said, We, sir, are ready at Fort McHenry to defend Baltimore against invading by the enemy, except that we have no suitable ensign to display over the Star Fort, and it is my desire to have a flag so large that the British will have no difficulty in seeing it from a distance. He hired a 29-year-old widow, Mary Young Pickersgill, to create a flag that had 15 stars and stripes, which represented all of the states then in the Union. She worked 10-hour days to complete the flag and was paid over $400 for the feat, which was much more valuable then than it is today. It wasn't until much later that this song officially became the national anthem. In 1916, President Woodrow Wilson said that it should be played before all official events, 
but it wasn't until 1935 that the song was officially adopted as the national anthem on March 3rd. It was a controversial decision at the time, partially because of the tune it was set to. The tune is known to Anacreon to Heaven, and was the theme of a society called the Society of Anacreon, which existed from 1766 to 1791. The club's anthem was written by a British composer, John Stafford Smith. The club itself was a gentleman's music club and that was said to have questionable morals. Basically, a bunch of guys would get together, drink, and sing off-color songs. Some of the lyrics to the original song were seen to be inappropriate at the time by encouraging drinking and wild revelry, and so they didn't want the tune to be associated with the lyrics of the national anthem. Here's a taste of the first stanza, which seems quite tame by today's musical standards. To Anacreon in heaven, where he sat in full glee, a few sons of harmony sent a petition that he their inspirer and patron would be. When the answer arrived from the jolly old Grecian, voice fiddle and flute, no longer be mute, I'll send you my name and inspire you to boot, and besides I'll instruct you, like me, to entwine the myrtle of Venus with Bacchus's vine. So a lot of Greek allusions there were Venus being the goddess of love and Bacchus being the goddess of wine. It was sort of seen as a call to all sorts of shenanigans. By others, it was also just seen as too difficult to sing because of the wide range, and others thought it was just too militaristic. Other songs were suggested, such as Hail Columbia, My Country Tis of Thee, and America the Beautiful. But in the end, the Star-Spangled Banner won out. Though usually only the first verse is sung when it's used for events, it does have multiple verses, which tell more of a story, and I will perform a few of them for you. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight all the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the On the shore dimly seen 
Through the mists of the deep, where the foe's haughty host in dread silence reposes, what is that which the priest or the towering steep, as it fitfully blows, half conceals, half discloses? Now it catches the gleam of the morning's first beam in for glory reflected. Now who shines in the stream? Tis the star-spangled banner. Oh, long may it wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave oh thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation, blessed with victory and peace, may the hem's rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just and this be our motto in god is our trust and the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the and the home of the brave. And as a bonus, an additional verse that came about during the Civil War. When our land is illumined with liberty smile, if a foe from within strike a blow at her glory, down, down with the traitor that dares to defile. The flag of her stars and the page of her story. By the millions unchained, who our birthright have gained, we will keep a bright blazon forever unstained. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave, while the land of the free is the home of the brave. Thank you for listening. May music fill this and every season of your life.